Welcome to the other party, got that vibe Well, you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got that light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah Hey, it's Chris, and welcome to the after party. I have had an interesting week this week. I just want to say, first and foremost, uh, I did miss a couple of days of posting and updating AppleHype.com. My sincere apologies. It's been crazy around here, still with the move happening. Um, I was lucky to get a video posted this week. It was a video I was really excited about. Uh, it was Mac apps, and it had been a while since I did a Mac apps roundup. As you guys know, I like to find things just, you know, organically. I don't go and do like a Google search for new Mac apps or anything. Just as I run into an app, whether it's for the iPhone or the Apple TV or the Apple Watch, if it's cool, if I like it, then I save it. And when I get enough, then I make an episode about it. So yeah, it was time. Um, it had been a little bit. And, you know, uh, I was pretty happy with the way that it turned out. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. It was weird because I got a lot of complaints uh, in the video. People were like uh, complaining about the camera angles uh, was one complaint. People were complaining about the links in the description. That was another complaint. Some people complained about the apps. They just didn't like the apps. And uh, that's too bad because I think it was a good episode. And I guess sometimes the the unhappy minority is more vocal sometimes than the people that are really happy with things i hope i think the video is doing pretty well let me catch you guys up on just you know some things i've been up to because maybe you're interested maybe you're not if you're not just skip ahead a little bit to the apple news i've been doing some interesting stuff this week number one i got a kindle actually i got a kindle from somebody i didn't go out and buy it it was a present and although it is something i wanted it was something i asked for and this week was the week that i got it it's the Kindle Oasis, which is the top end one, I think. This is an interesting purchase for somebody to get me or for me to request because in a lot of ways, it's low tech compared to something like an iPad. Uh, but I'm very purposefully trying, like I think I mentioned, to spend less time with the iPhone, with the iPad after work hours. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to set myself up so that whether it is, you know, scrolling through social media endlessly or gaming too often just sort of mindlessly or whatever it might be checking the news uh whatever to do less of that stuff and to spend my time a little bit more mindfully a little bit more purposefully and so one of the ways that I want to do that is by reading more now the problem is if I'm reading on the iPad it's just too distracting I think we've been covering this you know so I don't want to rehash it too much but the Kindle came and uh, got a nice black leather case for it. I'll probably end up making a video about this um, sometime soon and you know, kind of let people know how it's going. But I, I'm really happy with it, you know, for what it is. It's it's really good at the one thing that it's supposed to do, which is be an e-reader. And so far, so good. I'm like 5% into a book. I, I got my font picked out, the line height picked out, my layout all picked out, and just kind of learning the ropes of the Kindle which is honestly something I never envisioned myself having. If you had asked me a year ago, I would have been like, I don't want a Kindle. You know, the Apple stuff is going to be just fine. Read on my iPhone. But it turns out, no, I, I actually have found that I can like this device that doesn't do as much. And I'm actually, I'm having fun with it. Something else I've been up to, I told you guys I have some interest in doing some short films. And I figured it was about time that I did some actual education like educate myself on the how cameras work, how to get the most out of them, 
um, which is not, it's not something that I ever really did. Didn't go to film school. I, I studied to be a graphic designer and wound up doing YouTube and just kind of learned things. We kind of started the YouTube channel back in 2015 and it was just a self-education type of a process. And so this week, um, I spent a couple hundred bucks. It was, I think it was 200 bucks on a website called MZ, M-Z-E-D. And I got a course by Philip Bloom, who, if you do anything with in the camera space, especially you know, film stuff, you know, the name Philip Bloom, he's a respected director and cinematographer, and he's done work for all kinds of different clients. And I decided I'm just going to go back and start with the basics. And he has a course just that just covers like visual storytelling, uh, when to use what lenses, and why, how do you, you know, incorporate movement into the frame, and I'm just learning, there's a lot of stuff that I do know, that I have picked up, but I just figured I want to start from scratch, and make sure that I'm not missing anything from the very beginning, and then I'll, you know, get more advanced, and so something I'm willing to spend money on, and some time on, and I'm enjoying it, and so I'm just a couple lessons in, and that's been really really interesting, really, it's really well done for one thing. I think it took him six months to create this one course, even though it's a few years old now, and he's got a new one. So when this is done, I'm thinking about buying that one too. The end goal, the end result is that, you know, even though I have some intuition about how to do things, I want to know like the theory and, you know, all the technical bits and everything behind why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so that's been fun for me. Let me also tell you that right now, at the desk setup that you guys have been seeing in recent videos, which is my temporary space, my temporary studio, if you will. I have some interesting items sitting here. They are all themed. There's there's a theme tying them together. I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna reveal it before you actually see it on the channel, but I've got some cool accessories that I'm gonna use to create a setup video. And uh, what can I tell you without giving too much away? I guess I can tell you it's an iPad video. It's an iPad Pro video, which mm, not a huge surprise there probably because you guys know I do a lot of iPad content. Love the iPad Pro. And this is actually going to be really relevant because we have the iPad uh, Air possibly debuting. The iPad Air 4, I think, in this coming week with the Apple event that's scheduled on Tuesday. So this could work with any iPad. I guess it could really, the stuff that I'm going to show you, work with any Mac too. But it's a really good batch of stuff. Some exciting, um, unexpected things, I would say, for an iPad setup in particular. Some useful stuff, some stuff that's, you know, more budget-friendly and some stuff that, you know, is a little bit more high-end. And so give you some ideas for whatever kind of setup you have, whether it's a Mac or an iPad or a PC, I guess. And like I said, there's a theme here, which is a little bit different than what I usually do for iPad-related stuff. So I'm really excited about it. I'm, there's one stupid item that hasn't arrived i ordered all this stuff and uh this one thing from amazon is taking forever to show up and it's really actually thrown off my schedule i want to get this done this week because the apple event's coming up you know next week and i need to free up some time so that i can probably film a reaction video if i feel like it warrants it and also i've got a sponsor next week and i don't like it when one <laughs> week's video kind of merges into the next it really throws things off so i'm really upset but the one thing that's missing is a central integral piece of this setup so i can't really make the video without it i could but it'd be way worse so still waiting on that but i'm just building up the hype here you guys should be really excited because i'm really excited visually this is just a very 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 stunning group of products to group together and call a desk setup so and i think in terms of 
an iPad setup, it's really going to be kind of punching above its weight. You'll see what I mean. And just a quick little note here, I am recording this on the Mic Plus, which I featured in an iPad uh, accessories video recently. And so if you notice that this sounds a little different than the usual mic, which is a Rode mic that I record with, you know, the latest episode of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, this is such a capable mic. I'm recording it right into the iPad Pro using the USB-C. I'm monitoring it with my uh, professional studio headphones. And this is just an impressive little setup. I really, really like it. All right, well, there's almost 10 minutes out the door already. So let's move on. Let's get to some Apple stuff here for you guys. I want to talk about the fact that an <laughs> the Apple Music for Android app seemingly has revealed an Apple One bundle, at least the name. So uh, I think we talked about this on the podcast a while back, but we kind of know Apple's been noodling around with, and it makes sense to do it, a one just giant bundle that puts all of their services into one single convenient subscription. That's the idea. Convenient for you, but also convenient for Apple, right? Because they want to rake in the money. But we didn't know that that was going to be named Apple One, which apparently it really is because there was some metadata that leaked in the Android version of the app. So, you know, you guys probably already read about this too, but, you know, there could be one bundle, like a base bundle that just has the Apple TV Plus content lineup with Apple Music, and then you could have some more premium tiers or bundles that would also include Apple Arcade or Apple News Plus. And by the way, I think I mentioned this, but Apple News Plus, the the audio stories that are in the beta, I'm really liking those. I wish there was more. They don't update as frequently as I'd like. If they updated every day, that'd be insane. We really, as a family, liked listening to the one uh, article that I played for everybody. I meant to play it for myself, but then everyone gathered around and it became more of a group experience than just a solo experience, which was neat. So I do like that feature. I'm excited for people to try it and to see it expand. Uh, But then they could also include iCloud storage as well. So right now, I mean, I'm already paying for iCloud storage. I'm already paying for Apple Music. And off and on, I pay for Apple News Plus mostly for the Wall Street Journal, but I also do like those audio articles. That that could be a nice touch, even though I thought it was going to be so dumb, but I'm kind of liking that. Off and on, I've paid for Apple Arcade. I've, last time I quit, I was like, I don't think I'm coming back because I just haven't been getting enough out of it. And honestly, I don't need to spend too much time gaming. Anyways, there are other things that I want to be filling my life up with, uh, as I just mentioned. So I don't know if I really need that. And Apple TV Plus, the one thing that I've liked from it so far has been Greyhound with Tom Hanks, which was an interesting movie. It was an action-packed movie. The plot was a little bit thin, but it was just a fun movie. It had been a while since I just saw a fun action movie, and so I, I actually really did like that. Uh, but Apple TV+, Plus, I haven't found a reason to just pay for it outright on its own. I guess right now I'm still on the free uh, trial subscription, the one-year trial thing. I got a year free for you know one of my purchases. I don't remember what it was. But will I renew it? No. Not at this point. So I don't know. We'll see if a bundle actually would end up making sense. I wish it was kind of an a la carte because if it was and you could just you know create your own bundle, I would just have Apple Music with iCloud storage and Apple News Plus at the moment. That would probably be my bundle if it could save me some money. So there's people out there that they just sit there and dig through the code. Uh, maybe you like to do that too, but here's the little piece of code that ruined this launch, the name for Apple. Uh, it was a bracket string name equals Apple Music underscore with underscore Aristotle underscore subtext and some other stuff. And then you see in Apple 
one and apple's capitalized one's capitalized is clearly a name and this is clearly a a blunder by somebody to include this metadata and it says it's a subscription bundle one little interesting tidbit that did surface when somebody was coming through this was that there's clear messaging in place that says the apple one and your existing apple music subscription aren't going to overlap so Apple's at least ensuring that you're not going to overpay. And that's something I like about Apple services. You know, from time to time, something uh, comes out that shows that Apple's not just trying to make a cheap buck off of people. They are trying to earn the money, at least fairly, that they're charging people for their services. Uh, And so this is another example of them being more fair about it. I like that they built in to let you know that a free trial is about to end so that you have to opt in to continuing rather than having to opt out and just getting charged you know there's some good things that they do around it now that's just about all the details that can be gleaned from that um but still it is interesting i mean you know it's coming is maybe it's coming on tuesday for all i know i have no idea because the the text didn't say anything else we don't know about a time frame but you know the apple event is coming up this is something that's potentially on the table and by the way i feel like we talked a lot about the upcoming event last week. So I don't want to rehash it too much. And I think if I was you guys and I wasn't just, you know, someone focused on Apple stuff all the time as their job and I was just a regular consumer, uh, I don't know, maybe I would start getting fatigued with all the rumors and speculation. And, you know, for me, I was just like, let the event happen and then absorb what came out of it. I would prefer to do that. So this week I figure everyone's getting bombarded and I'm going to kind of steer clear of, of the rumors and stuff about what's coming up next week. Something that was interesting in the news, I saw that Bose released some quiet comfort earbuds that are supposed to rival the AirPods Pros. I clicked on it and I saw the picture and that's what I was most interested in because, you know, I I like Bose stuff. They make stuff that looks good depending on what it is, sounds good depending on what it is. Well, I should say that with a caveat. I don't like the look of every Bose device, um, but there are some that look very classy and very good. Mostly I'm thinking about the over-ear headphones with the noise canceling. Those tend to look really good. I haven't liked some of their computer speakers, for instance. Those don't always look good to me. They just always look a little bit dated. But they've come out with the quiet comfort earbuds and they're wireless. They're ANC, which is active noise canceling earbuds. And uh, you know, they they just look like a you know an old Bluetooth earpiece that people wore like 10 or 15 years ago in a way just a little you know and they're, they're not as crazy as the samsung beans and, or as ridiculous as the microsoft the ear circles whatever those are they're just really safe and traditional which to me i'm just gonna say i just i don't like the way that they look to be honest they don't look good to me if they're really small then maybe they're kind of not that noticeable but the AirPods, when those came out, they set the trends, and I just like the way that they look. A lot of people didn't like the stems and the sticks of the AirPods, but they're so different, uh, and I like that, that they're different. Of course, a, a ton of people have AirPods at this point, which means that, you know, I used to like Apple when it was less mainstream. Of course, they had to grow as a company, and if the products were good, they were always going to grow ever since Steve Jobs came back and redid that iMac, and they have. they become an absolute just behemoth a huge force that uh you know their stuff's everywhere now it's less mainstream and and that's fine so now we're at the point where you're probably either an apple person for the most part or uh, a pc person with android stuff mixed in and and that's where we are everyone knows about apple but i like 
the AirPods, even if so many people have them. I just like the look. I like that white look. That's a little hint for my iPad video theme that's coming up. The thing is, these could be really good in terms of their sound. Maybe they just work so good, have great bass. The noise canceling is insane. I don't know because I haven't tried it. But I just don't like the looks. And that is a big component, I think, for me anyways, when I'm looking at this. I, I like stuff that looks like it had a lot of design effort put into it. And I don't like stuff that tends to play it super safe and traditional in the looks department. And that's what these look like. But I do like the quality of Bose products. So, you know, I don't know. I don't want to discourage you. You should check them out if it sounds interesting. Um, just, you know, in the looks department, they're just kind of boring. That's all. Probably on a more interesting note, I thought it'd be interesting. There was a report that came out that kind of talks about Apple's succession plan for who's going to succeed Tim Cook, who's going to take over as CEO and how things might shake up if the people that have been there, the managers who are, you know, kind of nearing the age when a lot of Apple executives have traditionally left and gone on to do other things or get new fancy titles that basically mean, hey, I'm out of here. Because, you know, Cook's 59 and he's been at the head of Apple for, I think, nine years, coming up on 10 years. So it's going to be like a decade of Apple under Tim Cook, which doesn't sound that long. But actually, you know, if you live to be 100, that'd be like a tenth of your life. It's not nothing, you know. But apparently the support, which is from Bloomberg, said that Apple, or I guess Tim Cook and his team, they've been increasingly focused, quote, on succession planning. So that's interesting. You know, when everyone started thinking about what was Apple going to be like when Tim Cook took over, you know, all the Steve Jobs fans out there who respected what he did as with the business, you know, a lot of people were like, well, is that the end of Apple? And obviously you fast forward these nine years and Apple's become very services oriented, very profitable. I think there's a stock split, you know, that either happened or is happening here soon. I actually tend not to try to buy Apple stock. I guess this is a little disclosure because I don't want to be seen as, even though I would really like to, I would like to own some Apple stock. It's just, I don't want to be seen as, promoting Apple or something for my own benefit. Uh, I want to stay kind of free and clear in terms of what I'm saying. And just, it doesn't feel ethical to own some Apple stock. And then, I don't know, even, even though I, I don't just pump Apple up. I think you guys know that if something's wrong, if I don't like it, I will make a video about it. Like I did with the noise canceling on the AirPods Pros and how those didn't work for me and, and calling support and calling them out on that just for one example. But Apple has been very profitable under Tim Cook, and it has been in some ways a different Apple, and in some ways not. You know, the Apple Watch was introduced, and that was very cool. AirPods were introduced. That's very cool. We have the HomePod now, and some people love it. Other people, it's just like a big yawn to them, but I love the HomePod. I, I've had it packed up in a box, you know, for the last several weeks, and that's unfortunate because I really like the Apple HomePod. I miss it. But anyways, we, we have had still products that have been launching um, new things in the hardware department to get excited about. Although it's just, it has been a different Apple in terms of things feel like profit is certainly being maximized and it's a company. They're out to make profit. That's, that's not a surprise. And Tim Cook was an operations guy. He keeps things running efficiently. He's not a product guy, like a, a big, you know, envisioner, a dreamer of new products like people thought of Steve Jobs and Johnny Ive, of course. So it has been a different Apple and necessarily so because it's a different skill set and it's still been a successful Apple. Has it been as exciting of an Apple? I don't know. I, I'm still obviously enjoying it a lot. 
So, but people get nervous though when they think about, well, what's next? You know, at least with Tim Cook, you know what's going to be familiar. And if you're happy in the Apple ecosystem right now, then you probably want Tim Cook to be around for as long as possible, maybe. Because again, you know what to expect. But when you start talking about, well, who's going to take over, then you start thinking, well, what can I expect? Am I, I've spent all this money on getting into this ecosystem, being happy here. What's going to happen to that? What if somebody comes along and just botches everything and and Apple takes a nosedive like happened a long time ago and they start releasing products that just aren't as good or that I don't enjoy as much, which is all a possibility, of course. We don't know what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, here's an interesting fact. I don't know how many people know this and how many Office fans are listening right now, but when you look at the list of Apple CEOs, did you guys realize that there was an, an actual Apple CEO, really? It, from 1977 to 1981, named Michael Scott. I kid you not. That was long before Mike Markula, who was featured in the Ashton Kutcher video. Long before Gil Amelio. There was even a guy named Michael Spindler. There was John Scully, of course. But anyways, Michael Scott, that was for real. You can look it up. But according to Bloomberg, here's the interesting thing. There's a guy named Jeff Williams inside Apple. You've seen him before if you've watched several of the last events. It's saying the heir apparent to the CEO ship of Apple is Jeff Williams, who's the CFO right now. In fact, a lot of people refer to him as Tim Cook's Tim Cook because he is to Tim Cook now what Tim Cook, I think, was to Steve Jobs is the thinking. And he's actually been around with Apple since 1998. So he's been around, you know, he's real familiar with the DNA of the company. Uh, He's kind of been climbing the ladder for a while. He got promoted in 2004 to be the Vice President of Operations in 2015. He became Apple's Chief Operating Officer. And at that point, he was working directly under Cook. But apparently, according to the article, everyone considers him to be the second most important person at Apple. So long story short, it sounds like the board probably would lean toward uh, if they like the way things are going now, and they probably do because the stock is doing real well and and Apple's become this big behemoth and cultural force and icon, if they want things to continue in sort of this same vein, a similar vein, then Williams would be the obvious pick. The thing is, which is kind of funny, he's 57, so he's just a little bit younger than Cook, which, uh, you know, that doesn't count him out, but it's just not really... If you're looking for a long-term pick, someone who's going to come in and have a long tenure again, well, I don't know. Does that make the most sense? Not really sure. The article goes on to mention some other things. You know, I don't usually cover corporate stuff, I just realized, uh, on this podcast or on the channel. I I like to keep things consumer-focused, and I think a lot of times there there are places where you can go for all the business side of things. It's just, I, I think this one, this story kind of affects everybody because it's like, well, what happens if Apple, as I know it, really changes? But, you know, change is inevitable. It's going to happen. It happens in our lives all the time. And actually, a lot of change at Apple has been happening recently. Big changes. Johnny Ive, Phil Schiller. These are two big names that uh, have recently left the company. You know, we still got Craig around uh, and some other guys that you would recognize from events and stuff. But Apple is changing. And, uh, you know, I'll be just as excited slash apprehensive as you to see what those changes mean in the coming years. You know, here's something that's a little off topic, but it's about Disney Plus. Um, but I think Netflix and and various plugins and different apps have been testing similar things. But it's something that's interesting to me in this age of the pandemic and quarantine stuff. And I guess it's Apple related in that it's an app that I would consume on various Apple devices, Disney Plus, and I do. Mandalorian, 
the new episodes of the Mandalorian are going to be hitting, I don't know, sometime in the next month, I think. And I'm excited about that. That was such a good show. But, you know, it was on the Apple TV. That's probably where I watched the most. But also on the iPad, very occasionally on the phone if I have to. But I want to get all those nice details of the Mandalorian on the nicest, biggest screen that I can. But it's come out that Disney Plus is testing a group watch feature, which could be rolled out pretty widely, I guess, this fall. So Disney Plus, it's become pretty popular. It's got over 50 million users now in in the first five months. It's definitely doing better than Apple TV Plus, as far as I know. But this group watch feature, it's interesting to me because, you know, if I want to watch a video with some family or friends that aren't around, this is the kind of thing that lets me do that. And it's interesting. I'm thinking, number one, well, would I ever want to do that? Because right now, I'm still not going to a theater. I know some people are out there going to the theater. Theaters have been reopened. I know some people, who was it the other day? I saw somebody in my Twitter feed rented out a theater just for them and their friends to watch Tenet because they're cinema dudes, cinema geeks, cinemaholics, and they really wanted to experience it in the theater, but safely, so they just rented out the whole theater, which is kind of tempting. You know that That would probably be pretty fun. I've always wanted to rent out the theater to hook up an Xbox and play Halo or something. I know people have done that in the past. But anyways, we're getting off the beaten path here. But yeah, what if you did end up, you know, wanting to watch a movie with, and this is Disney, so maybe with the kids, with the grandparents, but you're in separate houses or separate states, you know, how good of an experience would that even be? Because you could also just watch it individually and then talk about it later so what is it about this experience that would actually make it worth it to people uh well the verge is i think the one that broke this story and they had a quote here that says the verge confirmed that group watch is currently being tested in canada for some disney plus subscribers but the company is expecting to roll the feature out to other markets this fall the feature allows people to stream any movie or tv show on disney plus as long as all participants are disney plus subscribers so you're not going to be streaming this with somebody who's not paying for it basically which i guess makes sense by the way Were you one of the people that paid 30 bucks to see Mulan recently? I didn't, uh, just because for some reason or other, I wasn't super, super interested in this. But I could see myself paying 30 bucks to watch a a new release, potentially. If it was something like I was really interested in, I think I probably would pay that. And you're like, well, 30 bucks. But look, a lot of people have really great TVs. You want to be comfy at home. And you can just lounge around in your PJs or your sweatpants, get your favorite snacks and drinks. I can watch with the Nitro. But with Disney's group chat, you can invite up to six people to join your watch party. But my question is, how does that work? And that's what I haven't seen anybody really explaining. So what's the difference between just getting on the phone and saying, hey, hit play now, hit play now. You know, like, can you talk? Can you interact with people? That's what I don't understand. And if you can, is that weird? Is it awkward? Because don't you want people to just be quiet when you're watching? I don't understand exactly how this is going to work, but I'm intrigued. So I just wanted to bring it up because I'm intrigued. And maybe now you're intrigued. Oh, you know, here's something that came out is the Osmo Mobile 4. I I debated whether or not to order this. Um, It's a gimbal, which is a stabilizer for phones. You guys probably are familiar with them. At this point, I would think by version four here, the Osmo is probably the most well-known, but there's a variety of gimbal makers. Moza, for instance, makes some iPhone gimbals or smartphone gimbals, I should say. But this new one is pretty interesting because it is uh, quicker and easier to 
add your phone to the gimbal because with a gimbal you got to balance things that's usually the hang up you have to make sure that the weight is distributed properly so that the motor can actually do the balance and keep things looking really smooth and steady for your videos that's what it's really for for videos you can use it for panoramas um you can i don't know there, there's various interesting modes and stuff that you can use it with but basically if you're doing any kind of video and you want it to look more professional then you would use something like this it's not that expensive I want to say 130 bucks. I could be wrong. Could be like up to 150. I don't think it's under 100. But if you're serious, if you do social media stuff and you want to, you know, especially in portrait mode, like for Instagram stories or TikTok or something, and you want something to be really smooth and nice, this is something that you could use even for just family photo or family video type of things that important events. This is something that you could use. But everyone's a content creator these days. You know, if you have a small business, this is like something that you might want to use. But I, I don't know. I'm debating getting one if I should pick one up or not and, and making a video. A lot of people made a video, but of course, everyone has a different experience. And I like to hear from different people. When there's something that I really like that I'm interested in buying, I always go and consume every English language video that's half decent on that thing that I can find on YouTube. So, you know, it's the kind of thing you may see pop up on the channel or not. I just don't know how many people are interested in it. But the thing is, it has a magnetic phone clamp. And that's pretty neat. That's kind of the big innovation because you just snap your phone on if it has the right accessory and you're ready to go. No more balancing. Aside from that, there's some interesting software that DJI has made. And this isn't new this year. But if you've never used one, it can be cool because you can draw your finger across the screen and lock onto somebody's face. So if your kid is like playing soccer or something, it could be really easy to follow and track them and, and make things real smooth. So there's active track. There's a thing called story mode, which is, you know, if you don't want to mess with editing or you don't really know how to edit, it will kind of edit your story together for you, which could be nice for some people. There's a dynamic zoom feature which kind of it gives you like an alfred hitchcock like effect where you zoom in and out at the same time there's a clone me panoramic feature so if you want to film yourself shooting a basketball but also playing defense against yourself in one take you could do that uh that's kind of interesting and then of course there's gesture control so if you set this thing up you could almost just use it like a tripod and then you make a certain hand gesture and it starts to count down and will take a photo of you that can be handy. There's the ability to do hyperlapses, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that. It just kind of speeds up your footage. It condenses time, basically. But it's a really neat looking effect. And of course, time lapses. A lot of people don't like to mess with time lapses. It sounds cool. It looks cool. But you're like, well, how do you do that? Well, it's got a built-in time lapse feature. So that's kind of neat. There's like a spin shot mode where it'll kind of do a barrel roll. You know, all these things are, are nice. You've seen similar techniques in really high-end videos and, and movies and stuff and YouTube channels, but this is bringing a lot of those features to the consumer level and making it basically as easy as possible. So if you're an iPhone enthusiast, I can see you really enjoying this because as a video person, it's something that it kind of appeals to me, but I think this could appeal to more people than just YouTubers, than just video people. Like, there's another interesting thing too, the, the 3x3 pano. So if you want to take, let's say you're hiking, you're up on a mountain or something, and there's just an enormous, you know, vista in front of you or a huge mountain. Well, how do you capture all that? And, and, you know, you could just do the ultra wide on your camera, but that distorts things a little bit. And, and maybe it's not going to be wide enough to capture everything. Well, the three by three pano will actually take a panoramic uh, shot. And so the, you hold as still as possible, you hold the handle in your hand and your phone using the software will automatically rotate around and take 
I don't know, is it three shots or is it nine shots? I'm not sure how many shots it actually takes to take in the whole scene. And then it automatically stitches all that stuff together in the software, which is really cool. I mean, that's really useful. Now, it's the DJI MIMO app or MIMO. I don't know how you pronounce it, M-I-M-O, which doesn't get super high reviews. Uh, Last time I used it, it was usable. It was okay. But, you know, this is cool. It's strong enough to work with uh, lenses. So if you use like moment lenses, there's several others that you could use. It's going to work with those which is cool. So if you're a budding cinematographer or budding YouTuber, if you're, you know, have a food channel or a vlog channel, you know, like this is something that's going to come in really useful. I mean, if you're a teacher, this could be really great. Oh, it is 149. I looked it up. Yeah, it's 149. You know, I guess it's borders on being pretty expensive, actually. But for certain people out there, I think it'd be really worth it. It could be a great present for any iPhone user, for sure. A lot of fun can be had with it. So yeah, as promised, uh, we didn't dive in too far into, you know, the Apple event coming up. We'll be hitting that for sure in depth, you know, next week. I'll probably do a reaction video, let you guys know what I'm thinking. And so that's something you can look forward to. Look forward to the new accessories video I mentioned. Look forward to me finally being out of the temporary space and about two and a half weeks maybe i might take a week off and get all moved and and totally be done uh, and get the new studio set up and stuff we'll see how it goes um but yeah lots of good stuff in the future hopefully for you guys too um thanks for hanging out always appreciate it and i'll catch you guys in the next episode or video or wherever later welcome to the other party out of when you know we getting lit and come alive and you know we got a light so we gonna shine and we talking to the fans it's the time yeah welcome to the other party out of when you know we getting lit and come alive and you know we got a light so we gonna shine and we talking to the fans it's the time yeah Since all 12 are giving you the heat Don't reviews from Chris, you gotta see Daily Tech got the facts that you need And it's a whole crew you gotta meet After party, it's the place you gotta be And you can't really beat it cause it's free Trying to give you unbiased critiques Quality, you should take it from me Cause we care about our customers Pull up a seat, got a whole team Giving you the best and do it by any means Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean It's the after party, live from the mountains Wanna cop something, shouldn't be a doubt about it Looking for great reviews, then you found it Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it Welcome to the other party, out of When you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got a light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah Welcome to the other party, out of When you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got a light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah